introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. I've got Gina Lee Smith on the podcast. You guys might know Gina Lee Smith uh, from the, well, she's been at UIL One Act Play uh, State a few times. Uh, she is also married to Darv Smith. A lot of you know Darv Smith because of TXETA, but also Gina Lee was on the podcast. She's one of the, the only two timers on the podcast. She was on with the 12 directors that made it to state. This was uh over a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, coming up, speaking of a year and a half, it's a long time for a podcast. We are coming up, I am coming up on the 100th episode. I've already recorded it. I've already recorded the next few episodes. And my apologies for not being around last week. I don't really have an excuse uh, other than I just didn't record any interviews. But this week I did record quite a few, thanks to those people that I've already talked to and discussed and chatted with. But this week again, Gina Lee Smith, one of the just most fun loving talks uh, that I've had on here just there's no way to not smile and enjoy the time uh, we do get into a couple of things that don't make you smile and you'll hear that in the interview but uh, she's just got such a great personality great attitude great lease on life and uh, it was just a very uplifting and fun conversation especially for the new year and happy new year to everyone happy 2021 I do want to take a quick second to record and tell you guys a little bit about my feelings that I've been having for UIL One Act Play, and I know I've uh, made it no secret on here that I'm not a huge, huge, huge fan of UIL One Act Play. I was not raised with it, therefore I had to grow to love it as an educator. I knew back when I was a student what it was, uh, but we only, again, hosted at HSPVA. We never competed in it, so I didn't fall in love with it like a lot of other Texas theater educators have done. But again, I do know the importance of it. I do know why it is around. I do know its relevance and that I might have a job because of it. And I totally understand that. That said, and I'll be as brief as I can be with this without being on the soapbox too long, we shouldn't be doing competitions this year. We should have shows. I am not necessarily anti-show this year. We should be producing shows. Full disclosure, we've already cast our UIL One Act Plates, the earliest I've ever done that, but uh, we're, we've done that because we're not doing a musical this year, uh, so why not get ahead of it? But we've already cast ours, but I, I would be okay if we were told, you're not competing. You can produce a show. You can do a show on your campus and uh, uh, maybe, maybe not have an audience. We are not really for an audience, but that's a different story. But I don't think we should be traveling. I don't think we should be competing. I don't think there should be any sort of competition because the field is not level or as level as it can be. What happens, God forbid, if a student contracts the coronavirus? What happens if the director contracts the coronavirus? What happens if you're headed off to by district and two days before you have a positive for two, three, four, all of your cast. What happens if that happens? And now you have this competition that you are supposed to attend and you may not be able to, A, or you're not going to be able to put your best actors on the field, if you will, on the stage. That's not fair. Uh, I also don't think it's fair that for some of these regions that have to travel two, three, four hours out of their uh, sort of district, their city, in order to attend a by district or an area. 
uh, there are quite a few. You're, you're selfish if you think, oh, well, we're in Houston, we're fine. We're in Dallas, we're fine. We only travel so far. In the Rio Grande Valley, in El Paso, even in San Antonio, they're traveling very far uh, to get to some of these um, competitions that are by district and area way before region, not way before, but right before region and state. It's not fair. It's just simply not fair. I do understand that money involves uh, money is involved in some of the decision making. It's just it's inevitable. There are contest managers, there are adjudicators, there are clinicians that are suffering if there is no contest. But it is what it is. Put that money put that money back in the budget for next year uh, and double their salary, double the earnings that uh, an adjudicator would get. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. Now, right now, of course, in twenty one, it's it's a problem. Or UIL could. Uh, even uh, recommend, suggest, push, encourage people to start their season earlier next year. And that way, they're not missing out on a year's worth of expected income. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a decision maker. I'm only a voice. Uh, But I do think that a solution is out there. I do think that we should avoid contests um, again, I don't want to sound hypocritical. We've cast our show, but we, I know that the other director and I, Swafford and I would gladly put the show on as we've already done with two shows and put it out there virtually or put, or have a very, very limited audience. We did a monologue showcase and say what you will about monologues. I'm not a huge fan of them, uh, but it was something to get the kids on stage we had tech involved and we had 20 people in a, 700 650 seat auditorium it was perfectly safe but if you do a uil contest and you have 20 people in a cast and a crew and you're expecting to put them in the house to watch that's not safe it's just not a period and i i'm i'm hoping that something is said i'm hoping that something is done Uh, i don't mean to taint this episode for gina lee um I, I, I hope maybe if you didn't want to hear my voice, you fast forwarded through and, and waited till you heard hers. But uh, I did feel like I need to say something. I have talked to a multitude of directors about this, and it's funny how most of us agree. Just because football is out there and quote unquote performing, playing, doesn't mean that theater has to be. If football jumped off the proverbial uh, ledge would you jump off the proverbial ledge would you have your theater department do it no you wouldn't so uh, you know it, it can't be a it's a double-edged sword it's a whatever other hyperbole the kind of thing you want to you want to say but it's just not right we shouldn't be doing it and that's that's it I'm so sorry about all that Gina Lee uh, I hope you and Darv didn't get annoyed by that but uh, speaking of UIL success um I did, again, have Gina Lee Smith on this week. It was, uh, I've, I've wanted to have her on for a little bit of time now. I would have Darv on, uh, but his voice would just, it, you know those cars that drive by that have the bass just booming really hard and it shakes your mirrors? That would be what the interview would sound like with Darv. The dude has the deepest voice uh, out there that I've not heard in a movie intro, a movie trailer. So anyway, Darv. Congratulations, you were blessed with a great voice. But uh, this isn't about Darv. Gina Lee Smith, uh, thanks again for coming on. I hope you guys enjoy this, and I will see you, talk to you next week. Check me out on Twitter, at Mr. Blake Miner, or on Facebook. I've had people friend me. Tell me who you are, because I'm not going to friend you if I don't know you. All right, enjoy.
Well, I'm in year 30 of teaching and probably knew my entire life that I wanted to teach, um, except, you know, um, I grew up in the 80s and we were all about making money in the 80s. Um, Bright Lights, Big City, we were all going to be rich. Everybody's getting yep. an MBA. And um, many teachers that I had in high school were like, you can't throw away your brain on being a teacher. And um, so I started pre-med because that's what intelligent graduates were supposed to do. And one semester in, I went to my dad and I said, I don't want to do this. And he said, then don't do it. And thank God that was yeah. very supportive. Um, and he said, you always wanted to teach. And I said, I know that's what I want to do. And he said, then go do it. And I kind of in my brain thought, you know what, if all of our intelligent people refuse to teach, what are we saying to our future kids anyway? Um, and I don't know, that sounds really pompous to say intelligent people. <laughs> no, but that, I get it. <laughs> I was at the top of my class. I, I, I was a high graduate and I did have a good brain. Uh, after 30 years of teaching, I don't know if I do any more yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, I decided, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. And um, it was it was the right decision from that moment on. And I knew it. Um, I've never really wanted to go into admin. I have thought a little bit about fine arts admin. Um, but I've never wanted to do that. I just want to be in the classroom. And I really enjoy it. So anyway, all of that. Um, I met Darv that year. We got married. Wow. It was amazing. And um, he was in the Air Force. And so we lived in Abilene. So I graduated in Abilene from McMurray University. And he was going to be getting out of the Air Force. So I needed to establish a job. I graduated in December. So I came back to the area down here where we were from and started interviewing around. Had a couple of job offers that would have been for the, the upcoming fall because I was interviewing in November. However, his aunt lived in this little town of Van Vleck, which we only knew because of them. And she said, we actually have a position pretty soon. And my principal would like to interview you on the down low. So I came in and interviewed for this position and they were actually moving the teacher without her knowledge, but they wanted to have someone prepped to go there. So anyway, I, um, I interviewed, they offered me the job. So, and it was a reading specialization because I was, um, I was all level reading certified and um, K through eight generalization. Cause back then we, we all got um, lifetime, you know, uh, yeah. certifications anyway. Um, so I finished student teaching on Friday and I started in Van Vleck on Monday and still here. Um, but so I taught reading and art and a million things at the junior high for the first seven years of my career. Um, Somewhere along that line, people had found out I played volleyball in college and I was coaching and um, we already had Jordan because she was born in, she was two when I took my job. So um, we already had Jordan and in 97, I had Trevor and one day I was at a track meet and my baby was at home and I thought, what am I doing? Why am I not with my children? And Darv said, then quit coaching. So I gave up my coaching position and went and taught fourth grade. And while I was at fourth grade, one of my previous um, girls that I had coached was a junior in high school. And she came to me and she said, Mrs. Smith, we need you. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, our one act play director just left. And um, he 
is going to be the editor of the newspaper because he was an English teacher, you know, and back then we were a 2A school and um, he's going to be the editor of the newspaper. We really need someone to be our director. And I said, baby, all I know about one act play was a lot of my friends did it in high school. Um, in fact, Rex Poland was my director. He's been a, a previous TETA um, educator of the year. But anyway, I said, I don't know a whole lot about it. I mean, I know theater, but I don't know a whole lot about it. And she said, Miss Smith, we really need you. If you don't come help us, the principal's going to do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because this was December. And um, I said, well, I'll have to talk to Darb. But they were smart. They had already talked to Darb because at the time he was the technology director at the school. And they said, nope, Mr. Smith said, you can do it. As long as you agree, he's in, he's in support. I'm like, no. So anyway, um, so I went and was the one act play director while I was still teaching fourth grade. Um, and the principal, we had, a, we had a good year that year. We were alternate. Um, they had already had a show picked out. I was past the date. Lord, I read the rule book and I didn't know a thing about what all those silly rules meant, but I figured them out. I, at first, I, it was so unclear back in the, that book. It was 99. And so the book in 99 was um, very strict. And it also made it sound like you couldn't put any other furniture on the stage. You could only use the, the gray set. And so I had to really delve in there and read a lot and talk to people. Anyway, I decided if I was going to do this, I needed to get some training. And that's how I researched and found out about TTA and became involved with them. Um, went and took a few classes just uh just to learn more, started talking to people because if I'm going to do something, I usually want to do it right. And so I learned more. Um, the next year, we did Taming of the Shrew and we went all the way to regionals. Mm, nope, we were the alternate to regionals. We went to area that year. Um, but great group of kids. I knew I had to um, showcase some of those kids. That first show we did was Voices and we only had five kids in the show. The next year, like I said, we did Taming of the Shrew. So I was had a full compliment. Um, it was, it was a great, great year. Um, learned so much that year. Um, and the principal really wanted to move me to high school, but he didn't have a position because when that gentleman had left, they had done away with, he had only had two theater classes. Um, and they had done away with the, the theater classes. All they had then was, was English positions. And um, he said, I want to get you to high school, but I don't know how I'll do it. So I went back to uh, TEA testing and I got certified in English and theater. Um, and he said, all right, I can move you over as an English teacher with two theater classes. I said, okay. So I went to the high school in 2001, that fall, 2000, 2000. I went to the high school and started teaching English and two theater classes. The next year I had four theater classes and kept that for quite some time. Um, throughout the years, they had, they have pulled me back in to teach an AP English class based on availability but for the most part now for the last let's see Trevor's 23 Trevor's sophomore year I taught AP English and that's that's the last one so I guess 2013 was the last time I taught any English I've had all theater and debate since then we've developed um I'm the UIL coordinator too right. which I had been even at junior high so almost 30 years of UIL coordinator um we um We've had a lot of success over those years, um, really have learned not just that first year after Voices, I thought there's no way that we're going to um, build a program doing one show a year. 
So even that first year when I was still teaching fourth grade, we did a fall show and um, got kids involved. I think I'm sure that's why I had more kids when I was able to do Taming of the Shrew. And so from that point on, um, we've always done at least two shows a year. And but now we do about six or seven. Um, we do at least two shows in the fall. We do a murder mystery and a musical. And we do in spring, we do one act and we do a JV one act. Every summer we do a cub camp, kids camp. We started in hmm, 06. We started doing a cub camp. I just really knew that we had to build a program, not just do, do one play a year. So we've spent a lot of time um, developing a love for theater and educating our community, educating the kids. Um, I truly realized, I mean, probably just a year or two in that I had found my niche. It, it was my place. Um, definitely what I loved. Um, I've, I've always enjoyed theater and all, but usually, like I said, up to that point, I had either been an audience member or um, someone in the background. Darv had done, um, he had done publicity, like the old screen printing of posters and things. And he had done a lot of um, backstage work. He had done, um, things like that so he was a, a huge tremendous help when I say I, I, I we a lot because even though he was the district technology coordinator um he was my assistant and he was there for for all of that until 04 um when he had to go to Iraq and so that was when he he left the school um but anyway um we have definitely developed a program I've had the thrill of directing some amazing kiddos, two of them, my own. Um, Jordan is my assistant now, our daughter. She is in her, gosh, eighth year. She teaches English at the high school, but she is my assistant. Um, she acted for me all, all four years. Um, I always use her as an example when kids wonder about, I have to be an alternate? I'm like, yes, Miss Pena was an alternate her, her freshman year. And look, she was best actress senior year. Um, our son, Trevor, um, who has a theater degree from Baylor, um, is actually just accepted the, uh, he really would like to act, but since there's not a whole lot of that happening right now in the pandemic, he's accepting a teaching job at Sweeney. He's going okay. to be the new head director at Sweeney in Jan starting in January. Um, he's moving home today. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of exciting. It's, it's become our family business. Uh, right. And I, I tell Larissa, uh, she's the little girl that came to me in fourth grade to say, please come direct us. I say, you had no idea you were changing my entire focus of not only my life, but my family's lives. But um, I would never change a thing. Um, right. High notes, obviously, because of the world we live in, I am a competitive person. Um, 2010, 2015, and 2019 uh, went to state. I swear I had the state champion this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, had, we all did. I think everybody claims that. <laughs> we all did. No, I had one district, and uh, it was a really, really unique show. And Larry Wisdom had clinicked us. And when he hung up, he had called, when we'd finished, he called JP, and he said, I just saw one of the state contenders. And I'm like, Larry, don't jinx me. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, when Larry Wisdom says that, you right. kind of go, hmm. Right. But uh, anyway true highlights the fact that I work with Jordan now and um 2015 going to state was amazing not only was Jordan my assistant Trevor was my lead actor 
Um, so having that experience with both of my kids was right. phenomenal. That's you have da- cool. you have daughters. Yeah, and but. and they're probably on the same path, <laughs> considering both mommy and daddy are theater teachers. So. Uh, you know, right. they, they don't have a choice. <laughs> I don't even think, you know, you don't think about in this day and age that we have family businesses, but it does. Yep. They, Jordan and Trev, uh, they see my joy, uh, and they, they do like that. I don't, like I said, I don't, Trevor doesn't, isn't really sure he wants to teach. Um, he would love to be performance. He had such a great experience at Baylor, but, um, but we'll see. He may yeah. enjoy this high school uh, teaching. Yeah, I think. Anyway, okay. I felt like I rambled forever. No, I'm no, sorry. No, that was, uh, you. it wasn't even 15 minutes, so you're fine. <laughs> you're good. But, like, I, you know, up, as, as somebody that, you know, my mom was a teacher. She was a sixth grade math teacher, which I don't think, like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy to teach sixth grade math. I had to math. do that one year. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Well, you're not my worst enemy. It's just enemy. one class, and, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. No, but, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, and, and. And, but for some reason, um, and my dad was a salesman, so I, I was if I was going to follow in the footsteps of either of my parents, it was going to be as a teacher because I, I, de- I don't have the I have the gift of gab. I don't have the gift of of dishonest gab, which I think is partially what a salesperson has to have. Um, yeah. You know, uh, let me tell you why this product is the best, even though I don't believe it. But you know that kind of thing. So sure. I, I I knew I was going to be an educator. Um, right out of college, but I didn't want to be. I'm mean, the same as your son. You know, I I, I guess uh, not not to sound crass or anything, but I didn't I didn't love education at the time. So I fell in that's love with how education. He, no, yeah. I get that. Yeah, that's yeah. what T says. Yeah, he loves theater. Yeah, he's not sure he loves education. Right. Yeah, and there's still that that what I mean. My word of advice to him. Here's the minor wisdom portion of the the podcast. But it would be to to find time to be able to still fulfill the professional quote-unquote or community whatever Mm -hmm. that might look like but get out of the education world for a month and and be able to still fulfill that sort of itch but that's that's my own thing so we're hoping that once he gets established maybe he can even do some more community things or he can go in summer but lord with this pandemic you just gotta right find a new way. I think it's reshaping all of us. Yeah. And, and luckily I, I would venture to guess he's got quite the support team of both of his parents too. So, uh, that's, that's probably a positive. So you, you mentioned that you didn't have a real extensive theater background, um, as far as like being, uh, you know, your childhood and stuff. So what was it about it? Was it just the competition side of things that you, you know, because you said you stepped into the one act play director spot first and then you decided right. yeah, I yeah. need to build this program. And then, um, right. Um, I'm going to be totally honest. You, you were talking about the theater side and not the education side. I've always been a firm believer why I did have to teach math that time. If I can teach, I can teach anything. It's because you don't teach the yeah, subject, you teach sure. kids. Yeah. And um, so if I have to say my biggest strength is probably, um, my principal calls it relational capacity, <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, the relationships with kids, um, that's important. That's what I loved. And, and you and I both know that camaraderie between a theater company is unmatched. Yeah. Um, I, I've been an athletic person. I've been in a million different collaborative efforts. But truly, that love and that support of a theater company is is unrivaled. And yeah. um, that's probably 
where I say that I excel. And, and it, honestly, I think that's where we find our strength. Cause I always tell the kids, we, we may win. Look, they know I'm competitive. They know I want to win. They know I want to go to state, but we're going to do good theater. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a good show on the stage. We're going to entertain our audiences. Um, I don't always pick the, I don't always pick the shows that are judges favorites because I truly feel like I have to, I have to meet my kids where they are. And I feel like I have to meet my audiences where they are. I, I don't need to put something on the stage in Van Blake, Texas that nobody's going to understand. Right. I've, I've done it, yeah. but, <laughs> but I need to be smart. Right. Um, there's other formats for that. Um, I do a lot of community theater stuff now. So, you know, there's other places where I can do that. Right. Um, anyway, but I truly think, um, what drew me in was not first, probably the competitiveness, just because they asked me and my kids needed me. So kids needed me, I'll go help. Um, but then I, I fell in love with that camaraderie, that success that we had just building something. Um, but like I said, yeah, I didn't have an extensive theater background. I'd always loved theater. Right. I'd always been an avid um, theater goer. Um, my um, my history, as far as my parents were very supportive in the arts, we did see uh, theater here and there. Such like out of the blue, after I started um, directing, Darv's dad said, Darv's dad was a 30 year carpenter at Dow. <laughs> the least artsy person that I had ever thought I had ever met. Right. And he said, you know, I, I saw Rex Harrison in Houston and I said, do what? And he said, we saw uh, My Fair Lady. Um, he had graduated in 1964 from Bay City High School. He was best thespian his senior <laughs> year. I had no clue. I'm like, Curtis. And he said, yeah, uh, our teacher took us to Houston to see Rex Harrison in My Fair Lady. I was like amazed. Um, so, you know, it turns out you find out you have connections you never knew you had. But um Anyway, that's pretty funny. That's what. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did and with Darv and and I'll have Darv on at some other point. Maybe he'll be my you know hundred ninety ninth episode. But um, you know we'll see. But with with Darv uh, and kind of his unique background, uh, being the technology guy, how did that how did that kind of help you be a better theater artist? Mm. I mean, you know, it's right. I'm, well. I mean, we were very collaborative together. Right. I mean, we've always um, worked together on, and he's so artistic. Darv is, is um, he ended up doing technology kind of like I ended up teaching because it was the thing, it was the, the wave of the future sure. right then. You know, it was what you did. And when he went into the Air Force, he was a data system specialist. And so um, it just kind of was the way he ended up uh, moving his career. Um but technology helped us a lot. He's, but he's also very artsy. He's, right. uh, he was a draftsman. He, um, so the amazing work he can do in set design helped me. Um, he sees things spatially, uh, whereas I think I, I can see what I want, but I'm not sure how to get there. Right. And he can help me with the, um, the actual strategic part of how I can achieve that. Cause I have this beautiful artsy imagination, but right. I don't always know how to get it on paper. And so we work well together with that. Yeah, we bounce good. ideas off of each other constantly. So speaking of working, you have a unique 
situation where you mentioned that your daughter is your, your assistant. Um, mm-hmm. And I know of a couple of instances where that's the case. And, you know, I know in Cypher for a while, there was a mom-daughter team. Um, there are a couple of, in, of, of, of schools that do that. Where and, and maybe one day that's in my future, knowing my oldest daughter who's eight, Right. Uh, she's very, very theatrical and, and likes teaching. I can, you can already tell mm-hmm. if I walked out the door that I'm, I'm inside of right now that well, I'm not inside of a door. You know what I mean? But, yeah. <laughs> but if I walk out right now, they're like little math problems that she uses to teach my four year old and way over her head. But anyway, enough about me, but where, where is it? Uh, where's the separation of uh, mom and boss or, or, or mom and director? Right. Uh, d- has that probably... become... I honestly think that we've developed a better working relationship over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, bless her heart. She had to be my guinea pig when she was in school too, about directing your own kids. Um, her junior year, the girl that was playing the lead. And of course there were like, there were like nine really strong girls in her class and a class above her. And um, her junior year, the girl playing the lead failed. And I had to replace her. Well, Jordan was already playing the mom in the play and it really fit her. So I didn't move her. I moved another girl and it really, um, it really upset Jordan at the time. And her senior year came and I was trying to pick a show and um, Mike Doggett, who now is at San Antonio college, but at the time he was at industrial, he said, so you're going to finally give Jordan the role she deserves. And I was like, wham, you know, it was slam, but I had been so worried what everyone else would think you know the coach putting his son in as the quarterback or but I was so worried and um let me tell you when she won best actress that year it was like the biggest thing because I was like whoo support from somebody else um because I was nervous I was very nervous at giving her the lead um we did gut girls for the first time that year and she played lady Helena and she was phenomenal it, it really fit her and um so but all of that to say, even then, we had to develop that director versus mom role. Um, and so I was a little more prepared. Trevor's eight years younger than she is. And so when Trev came along, first of all, it's easier to put a boy into a leading role younger because there's not as many boys. But he had already, by the time he got there, our junior high program had built up some. And he'd already won Best Actor at junior high. So it was pretty easy for him to walk in and get a role in OAP as a freshman because he had established himself. Um, but, okay, but what that's not what you ask about. You ask about <laughs> um, us working. I am, I'm good at bouncing things off of Darb and other people, but I'm not real good at delegating. Okay. I, I'm a workaholic and I just here move over and I'll do it myself. I, um, so I've had to make myself take Jordan and I have another lady that is an assistant she was my mentee when she started teaching she's actually I was when I went to high school I said can I have an assistant and they said if you can find somebody that'll help you sure and I had a mentor um, a mentee that I was helping and I said hey um can you sew? And she said, no, but I can paint. And I said, come on, I need that too. (laughs) So she started helping me back then with OAP. And um, so throughout the years, Tiffany um, Unkin, and it's really funny because now her husband is Magda Morales's assistant at Bay City. Okay. But anyway, um, so see those kids affected everybody's lives. (laughs) Um, It's 
chain reaction. But Tiffany and Jordan have both just kind of watched me. They're like, they know I won't delegate very often. And um, over the last couple of years, that has been my personal growth goal, I suppose, is that I will learn to delegate or at least let them have more say in shows or in the artistic view because obviously more heads uh, can create a, a more beautiful product as long as we have the same vision. Right. Um, last year, there were a couple of things that, that Jordan really helped me with. Um, we had a very stylistic show last year. We did Freak um, by Angela Hill, and it was, um, it was pretty awesome. Um, but there were a few things that I went to Jordan and asked, and I actually went with her <laughs> ideas, and I was very glad that I felt that that was a growth for me right. that I was able to, to allow that. Um, I think maybe she probably has a harder time dividing mom director um, than I do, but bless her heart. She's had to grow up not only as a student, but now as my assistant. Right. Um, anyway, but, but we're making it work. We're, we're it, it works out. Um, She's she's an amazing teacher, and um, she too fought that. Uh, she her degree is in journalism and communications because she was going to go that route. Right. Uh, she went to SFA, and um, uh, anyway, okay. she came back to teach. So so I'm going to ask you a related question, but it might it doesn't have to necessarily be theater related or education related, and maybe it'll conjure up a tear or two. But what's your proudest moment as a mom? <laughs> Because you, you're, proudest moment as a mom. Yeah, you're, you're, oh wow! You're giving a lot of the moment that Jordan's oldest daughter being born was pretty okay. dang amazing. Watching your baby have a baby, right? It okay. is, is quite amazing. Um, but honestly, that 2015 year, right? Uh, not only was the show, we didn't. I, I think we ended up fourth or fifth that year at state. I would have to go back and look at the ballot. I don't even care. We took the stage at 10:30 at night. We were doing leading ladies. Trevor, Trevor was Leo. Jordan is my assistant. It was just, it was magical. Right. Um, his performance that night was phenomenal. Um, she was sitting on my right and Darv was sitting on my left, but she was sitting on my right, holding my hand and we're watching him perform. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was beautiful. It really was. Yeah. Um, it was just, I mean, we're, a, we're a strong family anyway. We're a very uh, close knit right. family. Um, in fact, uh, Lord take me somewhere that I probably shouldn't go, but she just was diagnosed with skin cancer last week and, um, we're getting through this. Thank right. God we're so close to MD Anderson. But, um, right now she's, she is at a, she's at a low, you know, she's scared. Yeah. And I just keep saying, Hey, we, you know, we got this, our family fights through anything. We can do this together. And, um, and she knows that. And so right. I think if, if I say there's a proudest moment, it's as a mom, the strength of our family. But it felt that night in Austin uh, was pretty phenomenal. Watching both of my kids were a part of my career. I mean, when people talk about separating work and home, that's not a thing that theater teachers, I think, can do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we joke about getting lonely. Yeah, I can go visit my old clothes in the costume loft. Yeah, um, yeah right. <laughs> Or that old side table that's now up in the, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's sure. in every show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. 
yeah, you don't, you can't separate the two that, you know, I, uh, no. I, first of all, I'm very sorry to hear about the diagnosis, but, um, uh, I, I know that it will all be just as, as well as, as good as it can turn out, it's going to turn out. So it, I think it's going to be fine. It's, yeah. it's going to yeah. be fine. If she has to have some sort of cancer, melanoma is right. it'll be okay. Right. Um, so I, the, I don't know how to, uh, necessarily smoothly transition, but I'm going to make this work. I, one, <laughs> one of the podcasts I listen to is like, they're the king of like these weird transitions and, and it's really funny. It's actually part of the comedy behind it. But, uh, so I know nothing about Van Vleck. Um, I, and the fact that you just said you're close to MD Anderson tells me that you're not far from Houston, which, right. which I did not know that. We're about 70 miles south of Houston. <laughs> okay. So I, I didn't know any of that. So wh- where are you? <laughs> okay. Um, where are you? You're Sugarland. So, so I'm in, yeah, Sugarland, Richmond area. So. Okay. Uh, honestly, we're 45 minutes from you. Oh, really? Where Darvis, you know, where, you know where Wharton is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I do. Darvis, the director at the Plaza Theater in Wharton. Yeah. We're, we're about 30 minutes East oh. of Wharton, um, you know Bay City, yeah. where Magda Morales oh, yeah. is. That's... We're five miles outside of Bay City. So you live right near my, my my brother-in-law. So okay, see, so we're neighbors. We're between Sweeney and Bay City. Okay, see, I knew I knew I nothing. I for some reason I right. you know I could look at a map. That's also a, a possibility. But so what is it? What is it about Van Vleck? Because you mentioned earlier that you had. Correct me if I'm wrong. You you're. Not your in-laws. Darv's aunt. Darv's aunt. That's what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Darv's aunt was the, she was the school secretary at the junior high. Okay. And that was how I found out that they had an opening here. Um, honestly, what, we decided to stay. Um, I took the job. Jordan was two. Yeah. She turned three that summer. Um, we, I was teaching here. Um, Darv started... Maybe he started working for Van Vleck because he came home from the Air Force um, and had to find a job. He started working for Van Vleck just as an aide yeah. right out of the Air Force just so he could start a job. And um, he actually was on the starting end of, of creating their technology department uh, when we first got internet for everybody. Yeah. And yeah. An old single cat one at the time we thought was amazing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, when she was about to start kindergarten, we said, my stepfather was an air traffic controller and I moved around a lot. Right. And um, Darv had gone to, he had gone to Freeport and he had gone to West Columbia, to Columbia schools, period. He had only moved one time in his entire life. And I had moved so much. And I said, what I always wanted for my own children was that they be consistent in school, not have to be the new kid. And so I said, where are we going to start her? If we're going to start her in Van Vleck, then I'd like to stay there. Right. And um, so we decided that when she started kindergarten, we were going to stay in Van Vleck at least um, for her to establish herself in school. And then it was just, then it fit. Right. And um, it, the school system is very uh, supportive, not only of me and my program, I, I feel like they're tremendously supportive. In fact, um, we just passed a bond three years ago now. It's been three years. We passed our first bond since 1974. We'd had three different failed bonds mm. in my other time in my time here. And we passed um, I think it's 88 million. We passed a huge bond and built an entire new high school 
uh, we're building a new junior high right now and we built a new elementary and um, they had talked about whether, whether or not to build a new theater. They just, they gutted it and totally renovated our auditorium. It was built in 1940, well, it was built in the early forties. It was finished, originally it was finished in 49. So it's a very old building, but it's like totally renovated and amazing. So they updated that for me, but I also had the first black box in like a huge radius um, for my classroom. They built me an amazing black box and it is phenomenal. When we were in the process of the, before the bond ever even passed, you know, you, you come up with um, ideas of what you need. And my principal, my superintendent, um, our assistant superintendents, but also the community members that were a part of the, um, that were part of the, the bond team were all saying, hey, okay, if we can't afford to put in a new auditorium, what are we giving uh, the Leopard players? Because, you know, I'm not patting my own back, but I do have the most successful program. Um, we Van Black is previously had been known for their number of professional football players. At one time, I think we had seven guys in the NFL. Yeah. Um, back in the in the early um, back in the mid early '80s to late '80s, lots and lots of football players came out of Van Black. Um, in fact, Robert Blackman, who played for Seattle, just retired. He's not retiring, but he's uh, stepping down as our athletic director because he's from Van Vleck. And Charles Austin, Olympic gold medalist. So we were a very athletic community. So to become um, an artsy community has been fun. And yeah. sometimes those same kids. Um, that's probably my biggest. Uh, that's one of the things I'm also most proud of. Those kids that... Um, Lord, back that very first year, Taming of the Shrew, uh, we made it work around baseball. We right. made it work around everything. Uh, the quarterback was one of my lead actors. In fact, he's interviewing for he's interviewing for the AD job right now, and I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> but um, Robert Blackman's son, who uh, is at UT now, he was not only was he a, a fantastic football player and weightlifter, he was one of my award-winning actors too right. and so Van Vleck has been supportive in that and that we are a valid part of the school system we are a I feel very I feel very supported right. by the community um and I feel and by by my admin um they definitely I mean they're they're still athletic people they're right. still very sports oriented that's not going to change However, um, they, they do appreciate um, what we bring to the community. Right, sure. What, and um, so what I appreciate is it that. that and so that's, that's why I've stayed. Yeah, no, the, I mean, obviously you have, to, you have to, they have to fall in love with you just as much as you fall in love with them. So, yeah, um, I get that. What is, how are the upgrades changing your, and I know that mm. you, you, you know, you, you know, you've the past, whatever, nine months or whatever has been different than every other ah. school year ever. Um, but what is it about some of these improvements, the new black box, the upgrades to the theater? How is that going to change your program? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> I've had to go, ha! I mean, back in 2002, um, we had done some, I can't even say minor. My, when I you took can. over the auditorium, yeah. it had open, 
it had open windows. <laughs> I couldn't do a show in the dark because there was no dark. Um, so in 2002, they closed in and air conditioned this old 1940s auditorium. And I had gotten new curtains and a light board. At the time, it was an ETC uh, 2400. Um, so that was an that was an upgrade from the yeah, start because yeah. I used to have to flip a breaker to go to blackout. Um, but taking that um, taking that light board, which I had trained all my previous kids on, because I had to learn all that. Uh, you asked about Darwin technology earlier. Him helping me learn that. Right. Um, you know, I could do the artsy side, but I had to learn the light and sound. And I'd gotten a grant from, um, oh, it was when Mr. Wagner was at um, Sedfa. He had, they had done a grant and I'd gotten sound put in um, back before, we did Greece in 2009. And I had a live band on stage and I knew I had to have snakes and microphones and things. And so we had, um, I'd gotten a grant that year for that. So I'd slowly learned things, but oh my goodness. So you take 2002 technology, which I thought I was pretty um, adept at, and you put in this 2020 technology with an, I have an ion board in the main auditorium. And then I had the, um, the one I have in the black box is like, it's, compatible it's the one that you can train them on but they can now they can go work on the element yeah the element is that what is it etc element may, may yeah yeah. Okay. yeah is it brownish uh, that sounds right okay <laughs> um so i've had to learn both of these systems totally new and the sound oh my gosh the sound is like phenomenal and so thank goodness i had trevor coming out of baylor who had done a whole lot of of tech work as part of his degree i'm like okay kid uh come retrain the mom because even though i knew the board um on that old etc i did not know all the things about hanging lights and focusing lights and so i've had a wonderful crash course in my um in the black box, just hanging all the new lights. I've learned how to hang them. I've learned how to go up on the, I've learned to focus. I've learned, I mean, I've learned a million things just during the pandemic um, so that I could teach my kids because I do have a tech class that has now learned a whole lot about, um, Lord, I can even rewire, I can even rewire a fixture. Um, So I've had to learn, uh, don't laugh at me, Blake, but it's hilarious (laughs) because there's so much more that, um, you know, that tech side that, that I don't want to do a disservice. I have two kiddos in theater. I mean, I have two kiddos in college right now that are doing tech theater. And one of them is doing sound. Um, he's at UIW and his little brother is a senior this year that wants to major in lighting. And, um, I felt like, I mean, I've learned what I could to help them and to help them audition through the TEA process and, uh, TTA. We're TXETA now, aren't we? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, to help them audition, I've learned little bits over time. But this year, with all the new equipment, I've really had to give myself a crash course. Thank God for YouTube. <laughs> I couldn't have done this because I've watched so many YouTube videos to learn things. And I've made phone calls to Texas Scenic. Christian at Texas Scenic gets my check mark. Uh, he has helped me a lot. Um my board in the board in the black box because it doesn't have dimmers like right. I, I knew how to work dimmers but it doesn't have dimmers it just has that preset 
um, yeah. relay. And so it was losing its presets. And so Christian helped me. We got that fixed that I can walk through it. So yeah, it's, it's given me, it's given me insight to what I can do, right. but the learning curve, I mean, yeah, these nine months have been bad on everybody, but in all honesty, it has given me a chance to learn. Kind of catch um, yeah. It's given me some downtime that I didn't have to throw. I mean, we did a, we did a zoom show in September. And so I used zoom backgrounds um, for that. We did a little, uh, nor, uh, because normally we do a murder mystery and a musical, I told you. We did a little Nor film in September. Okay. Um, and so that was just done via Zoom and using other teachers' classrooms so we could record. But then we did a full two-and-a-half-hour murder mystery in November. And um, using all the new equipment, right. uh, we didn't do it in a black box. We did it on the main stage. And um, we were scheduled to do a musical the week we got out for Christmas but I had to call it three right. weeks before um due to quarantining and just couldn't safely put 25 kids near the stage right. singing I just couldn't do it so your murder mystery because that kind of intrigues me do you did you do oh, it huh? did you do it like you normally do it like or do you normally do like a dinner no. version or normally like, it's a dinner theater okay okay I, I usually dinner theaters are one of our big not only are our big money makers but they're all they've also been they've probably been that connection to the community right sure. um back when i first started doing them and i've been doing them since 2001 um i have parents come in and sponsor a table like they'll decorate sure. it with their finest china and then we serve anyway it's always a really neat thing and um i always say we're gonna bring a little culture to south texas that's <laughs> but it's so fun oh, yeah. and um that's we do that. We usually do that in the fall for murder mystery. We do it in the spring for kind of like our um, OAP varsity and JV um, showcase. But um, this year we obviously could not do dinner theater. Right. So this year's murder mystery was just straight show. Right. It was just a straight show following governor's guidelines, skipping um, rows and, right. you know, um, goodness, six feet between the groups. But normally that's one of our really big, uh, shows of the year yeah i love murder mysteries it's something i haven't done as a high school director but i've i've acted in a few well, murder mysteries so i've done we've done the interactive ones where people even have to go and find clues right. and do things like that we did one of those and it was okay it was successful depending on who the attendance attendees were um the most success i have found is when the table can just do something at their table Right. If they don't have to get up and go find something, but they stay at their table, but they still have to solve something, or at least they get to guess. Right. That's been the most successful. Um, like I said, this year we just went with straight because that's what we had to do. Yeah. So but yeah, they're fun. Have you found some kind of golden eggs in the last, uh, in this past semester, as far as something that you might take with you that you didn't normally do the past, uh, you know, couple of decades of teaching that, that, oh, sure. you're like, oh, this is actually something we might use well, in the future. You know, we honestly, the, the little Zoom show was fun. It was it was a four-person show. I showcased four of my seniors, and it honestly worked well. It um it was it was unique, but it was um 
it was a good venue and we were able to put something together quickly. Uh, it was a good teaching venue in um, my production class because I had three different shows going on at one time. Um, and I was able to go and work with each different group. They could hold little rehearsals in different parts of the black box. Um, and then we, then I just, heck, you hit record on Zoom. And it, that was great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that that's something that I, I will probably keep um, the small show. Uh, if nothing else, it was a very good introduction uh, for kids that were brand new to my production class. Um, I was able to give them some more acting time. Um, traditionally, I give, if I know a kid I was gonna get a big role in one act, you know you know who your top kids yeah, are. Sure. Um, then those other kids, either the ones that are younger or the kids that just are, are loyal as the day is long, but bless their hearts, they're not a lead. Sure. They may get a lead in the fall. They may get a lead in the murder mystery. Um, and those kiddos had, by doing those three small shows, I was able to give a whole lot more um, stage time, if you will, to kiddos that don't always get it. And um, so that that's a, a gem, if you will, that right. I'll take away from this and right. for sure continue using. What is uh, switching gears to your camp? Because one of the yeah. things that, you know, my brain, this is how my brain works. It's wired so, so odd. But, you know, you just <laughs> talked about the the being able to do the Zoom shows and, and sort of the ease of just hitting record. One of the things, because my wife and I, uh, when we had our camp in Fort Bend, uh, and we mm -hmm. will still continue to do that. I just, I'm not sure about the future, the immediate future. But anyway, uh, one of the things I would always tell parents in my introduction when we do the shows is please don't think that just because we produce this show in six days, that that's how we're going to change our departments. <laughs> and please right. don't, please don't complain to directors that, Hey, the, at, in the summer they did this show and they produced it in six days. Why, why do you need six weeks? You know, what's the deal? Right. Uh, but it's that same thing with the Zoom, you know, it's like, well, we could kind of put things together without needing 12 hours of rehearsal every week and this and that and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so what is it uh, that sort of um, uh, for you about your camp, uh, because you mentioned it's Cub Camp, right? Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. uh, for your Cub Camp, what is it that makes it kind of um, unique and, and I don't want to say easy, uh, that's the wrong word, but I'm also not an English teacher. You are. Uh, so my vocabulary is not nearly as vast, but, uh, what makes it kind of for those kids and for the, the parents and everything, because camp is sometimes looked at as you don't want it to be work. It's not supposed to, it, it might be work for the counselors and such, but for the kids, it's a completely di different discipline because the kids, right. the kids are choosing to be there. What makes it sure. easy and fun for the kids? What makes your camp unique? Because, one of the one of the most common things that I get asked, and I think it's more so now that I have this podcast, and I even did an episode a year ago for camps, for summer camps. Um, uh huh. I get asked all the time, "What's a good place I can send my kid this summer? What's a good place that they're going to get trained? What is it about? Right. Especially now that I know that Van Vleck is only forty five minutes away from me, uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> which is so embarrassing. But what is it about? Uh, your camp that kind of is intriguing to to take a kid to to, to send a kid to and, um, and have them enjoy well, it 
you know, it never fails that some people think of us as the babysitter. So some people just sign their kids up that aren't interested in theater at all. You're going to take care of my kiddos. Um, but um, back when we first started, I, um, I, I just saw it as a way to increase our funds. Um, and then I, and also my kids uh, got, you know, what's the old adage about when you teach something, you learn it. Right. Exactly. Watching my kiddos teach littles, they learn so much. They learn why we do those warm-ups. They learn why we do walking as your character exercises. Um, you know, they learn so much. Um, and throughout the years I've developed, um, we, we now kind of do it in stations. And so I always have, um, have one kiddo at characterization, one kiddo at theater game, not one, but one group at theater games, one group at characterization, one group on stage when we actually do scene work, um, one group at crafts because you can't keep them focused for that long. Um, we usually do, um, our campers come at one, they stay from one to five. And then on Friday, they'll come and they'll stay from one till seven and shows at seven. Um, my, my directors, leaders, whatever you want to call them, my kids, my, my high school kids will come in the morning from nine to 12, uh, usually probably nine to 11. And we do our setup for the day. Um, if we need to build set, whatever we need to do, we'll do it that morning. Then they go have lunch and come back in time to be there when the campers arrive. Um, I think uh, your question is really more well, no, that, I mean, that, that, I mean, to me personally, again, this is my podcast. I get to say what I want, do what I want, but that mm-hmm. is, that, it, that does kind of answer it because your, your structure is different. Um, and it, I try, I, go ahead. Yeah, I've tried a lot of different structures and, and by, and, and we've, we've adjusted over the years. I have found that that basic structure, I patterned it after old vacation Bible school, if you will, <laughs> but, but, yeah. I mean, seriously, just like moving through stations, nobody has too much time to get bored. I used to, I used to group them by age and now I group them by character, if you will, or role in the show. So that when we did Charlotte's Web, you know, all the baby spiders were together. Um, The principals usually are in a group together so that as they rotate through, first of all, they're not stuck with just kids their age. Um, there might be a kindergartner with a seventh grader. That's fine because they may be on stage together and they learn from each other. But um, also that way, when we get to scene work, we can do actual scene work. If you have all your principals together or you have all your baby spiders together. Um, So that's been good. Then on about Wednesday afternoon, we'll do, we do a modified schedule and we'll go to one hour, of everybody on stage so that we can at least do one run through and see how that looks. Then Thursday, we also do another modified schedule um, so that again, we can have a run through on stage. Then we do stations and then we'll do another run through before they leave us to go home. Um, So that's been a lot of fun. um, And that's really been the most successful. Um, Fridays usually ends up being finish up crafts, finish up costumes and get everybody do a full run through, feed them supper and then get them dressed. Um, So I would say that 
through the years we've modified it we started it in we started in 06 and picking shows that work well for that um charlotte's web was a good one because you could sort it out like that um jungle book and peter pan worked well with that um one year i wasn't sure about numbers and i've actually done this two different times and it may it may become my regular i don't know um we did three or four small shows and my groups were the show and um first of all it's easy to find either royalty free or um you know shows with more leeway that way um i keep it's not great literature but i keep my subscription to plays magazine because first of all that fifty dollars a year gives me complete royalty free and there's some cute little skits or whatever you want to call them that we can do if elementary calls me up and says hey can you come over and do such and such yes and i don't have to worry about royalties um and i've used those a couple of times for cub camp um cute little stuff that i can safely within copyright rules do um so that's been good um the year i did that for camp having the 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 four shows it also enabled me to not have to be the director myself i was i always name at least one student director but that year i had four different student directors and i get to kind of just be the camp director in that case um and my kids learn a whole lot by dealing with other little actors. So I want to get you out on this. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, first of all, thank you. Because, uh, you know, I've been, again, you're, you're a two-timer now. <laughs> so uh, very few of you, very few people have been on uh, twice. Only, only the elite. Um, oh. there, yep, there you go. That's the... <laughs> Just because of age. <laughs> no, not, not necessarily. No, no Dustin, I have Dustin... to say. Go ahead. <laughs> within it's, it's probably been within the last two years that I finally realized maybe I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> and that sounds crazy for somebody that's been doing this as long as I have, but because I didn't have a theater degree, because I came into this by some crazy, almost fluke um, of kiddos coming to me I've always felt inferior. And um, I was talking to Jackie DeMont Mullen one time about, um, oh, I had a kiddo that was gonna go to U of H and we were talking about it and, oh, 2013, ha ha, when I got DQ'd for time, we went 12 seconds over at regionals and we had we had the state champion. I tell, Paganini was amazing. Yeah. I tell, um, I tell Philip Taylor all the time, you're welcome. I gave yeah. you that championship yeah. that year. Um, anyway, craziness uh, happened at regionals that year. Time didn't work in the booth, time backstage, whatever. Anyway, we needed 12 extra seconds to tell that story. Um, so um, that year, I was just devastated and Jackie had come to me she was one of our regional judges and she said that was one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen on stage and I said thank you I mean I was just floored and I said Jackie thank you so much that that means a lot uh and I had she knew how I felt about being inferior and she said you developed you developed your skills on the ground you know you you developed this over time and don't you dare feel inferior and so it's taken I mean that was seven years ago 
but it's taken time for me to realize I have earned my stripes. I have uh, worked through this. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty old woman and been teaching a long time, but I still think I may go and get my master's. Um, I've, I've thought about doing the U of H thing. I've thought, thought about doing the commerce thing. Um, I really think I might do the U of H if I do one, just because I would want the travel element when that comes back. Um, not that any program is, is that much better than the other. I just think for what I would like and for the people that help teach that one, people that I, that I know I'm um, to work with Rigdon and some of those guys would be phenomenal. Um, so, um, but it's taken time for me to feel like, oh, I am one of those, um, I am acceptable as a director now because it's taken time to, to not feel like the stepchild, if you will. Minor wisdom.